saints. Y'all ready for the word? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm ready also. Um, we're still in our Ephesians series. How many of you have been enjoying Ephesians? Amen. amen. Right now we're in the second part of Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I really have been enjoying being in Ephesians. Ephesians is a great book that's con- it's very dense with truth. Uh, and we need to take our time and slowly go through it. Amen. So right now we're in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 22. Therefore remember, at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ, praise God, Jesus Uh, You who was once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Thank God. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and broken broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, peace to those who was near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your holy written word, Lord. I pray I yield to you, Lord God. I don't know, Lord Jesus, but I know you do, Lord God. And I pray for supernatural wisdom to convey what you want to express to your people this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for this beautiful church, your beautiful people. I thank you for our wonderful pastor, Pastor Huey, Lord God. Now bless, Lord God, your people. And now bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. It truly amazes me how the God of the universe can bring together a group of people that, many, that has many different backgrounds, many ethnic uh, groups, many different cultures, and bring them all together. Amen? Uh, it's something about that, man, that really just speaks the love of God, especially when you have different cultures coming together and y'all coming on one accord for a specific purpose. Amen? So to help uh, illustrate what God has done the Lord Jesus in Ephesians, we, let's walk through these scriptures, amen? Let's imagine for a second that you are, uh, you just, you are moving out of town, all right? We are moving to Atlanta, Georgia for a job opportunity. 
and you don't know anyone there. You don't know no one there. And so immediately with first the, the opportunity, you know, for me, if I get this news that I have a job opportunity to go to Atlanta, Georgia, I don't know no one, right? So moving into the city, I'm so sorry. Moving into the city would be a very, it would be a very real fear for me, moving into the city. Why? I'm sorry, baby. Here you go. Thank you. I'm so sorry, Saints. But moving into the city would be a very real fear, especially if you don't know no one, right? And so you move into the apartment, and next door you meet your new neighbor, and come to find out after five minutes of meeting them, they are from the same town you grew up in. They went to the same high school you went to, right? So immediately, almost instantly, a sense of comfort and ease into your heart, right? Why? Because you know someone. Not just know someone, but they are from your town. They know some of your family members, and you never, you never met them, all right? So the sense of fear and abandonment or being alone or lonely kind of just eases a little bit, right? Just because of your connection with another, all right? So think about that for a second. It's amazing how the knowledge of another can either bring tense, it can either tense you up, or it can ease you and bring peace. Just information about another individual, all right? So in this city, though, the fear of you finding where the grocery stores are and all that type of stuff, that kind of get alleviated, right? Because of this newfound friendship that you found at your next door neighbors, now they friends potentially can become your friends. Almost instantly. All right? What the knowledge they've learned about the city, they can now convey to you without you going and trying to find out the hard way. Just from, just from a connection that you know. All right? just from a connection that you know can bring peace to your mind. Um, as a Christian, I love meeting people. I'm telling you, as a believer of Jesus Christ, one that God has put, God has put his love in my heart for people, I love meeting people. It don't matter to me. You can be saved or unsaved. It don't matter. I just love meeting people. I just love meeting people. Thank you, sir. Um, saved or unsaved, right? Because if you're unsaved, then everything I do in that relationship, I will be aiming at to get you saved. Everything I do. It's because of the motive that God's put in my heart. Now, it is an arterial motive, but the motive that God put in my heart, he put it as a love for people. For unsaved people, my motive is to get them saved. By word or deed, aiming to bring others into harmony with God, right? So if you're saved, one of my <laughs> also desires is to, I got a strong desire to make people, to want to see people whole, healed, and moving forward into their call. I got to, I mean, Jesus has put that in me, all right? Um, so what's my why? What's the why? why? Why do you do this? 
Why do we go to church? Why are you a Christian? All right? Everything flows from your motive, your why. All right? I love meeting people. God has a plan for all his people to come into unity with one another. He desires that we come together and function as one. Say one. One. How can it be when all of us is so vastly different? We have all, all of us have different things that drives us, different passions, different mindsets, grew up in different sides of the neighborhood, different sides of the city. Amen. We have different mindsets. How can this be? There has to be a common thread that brings us together. There has to be a, the same why in our hearts for each other. Colossians 3 verse 14 says, Above all, close yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And I believe it's love. It's what's going to hold us together. It's what brings us together initially. Just think about it. Us being in this room together. Jesus Christ has brought us together. All right? And it's love that's going to keep us together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember. Say remember. This is a reminder to remember, all right? So the reminder is this. Remember that at one time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth. The commonwealth of Israel is the uh, community of Israel, the nation of Israel. We were separated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Strangers to the covenants of promise. And I believe sometimes as we move forward in life, we forget that we were separated from God at one point in time. I believe as, as we keep in remembrance of what Christ has done for us, how at one point in time we were separated. What does that mean? Um, God only had a promise. He had covenants and promise. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. God only had a covenant with the children of Israel. He didn't have a covenant with Gentiles or people that's non-Jews, all right? So, but God abolished and created a covenant with all mankind, amen? So, I believe we need to remember. We can't forget what Jesus has done for us. And we was without hope. Have you ever been in a position where you was without hope and without God in the world? Have you ever been in a position where you just lost all hope? And I want to paint a picture of you losing hope. Because sometimes we need to be reminded of what Christ has done. So we can be grateful for the position we now stand in. Amen? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever seen the movie Gravity? Gravity. Well, it was an outer space movie. And I want to paint the picture of being without hope. Well, in the movie Gravity, they was, on this, they was out of space, right outside of Earth. They was on this space station working outside. Then an accident happened where one of the astronauts is now floating off 
into space. No attachments, no strings attached, no oxygen floating off into space. And as, as I was thinking about that, I said, man, that's a scary thought. You can't work your way back. There's no way of getting back. Someone would actually have to come get you. You would need to be rescued, right? Just floating off into space, and, and you got 10% of oxygen left. And let's paint this picture. You inside this astronaut suit, and you, nothing you do can work your way back to safety. Nothing. Nothing you do. You can try hard as you can. You can try swimming. It's not happening. The momentum is carrying you away from safety. This is the reality that you was in before God decided to do what he did through Jesus. You was without hope. Especially as a Gentile or especially as a person who was a non-Jew. All right? You was without hope. And sometimes I believe um, painting this picture for people gives us a grateful attitude for the cross. It, gives, it produces a reverence in our heart for what Jesus has done. And without that reverence, we so sometimes lackadaisical about Jesus and the cross and, and about these covenants of promises. And sometimes as Christians, we get this entitlement attitude. You don't want to know why I believe? We forget or we don't accurately understand what Jesus has done. I believe the totality of knowing the cross has to be expressed to God's people. And I believe Ephesians is one book that, we, that, that ex explains that. All right? But you, you can't read it fast. You have to slow down. Because he said, at one point in time, you was without hope and without God in this world. So what does that mean, without hope? There was no hope for you to be rescued. There was no hope for you to be saved. There's nothing you can do. It's not being good enough. It's not going to church. Not reading your Bible, praying enough. Nothing you can do can save you. If Jesus didn't die and come to the cross and die for you, you wouldn't be saved. If he didn't raise from, rose from the dead, you would not be saved. There would be no hope for you. When you realize this, I believe it produces a gratefulness in our heart. All right? Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And sometimes I think we don't put ourselves in the boat of Hitler. We don't put ourselves in the same category of Jeffrey Dahmer. We don't put ourselves in the same category of people that we know are bona fide sinners, right? You know, because sometimes we think our goodness, we're not that bad. We're not that bad, you know. I ain't never robbed nobody. I ain't never stole from nobody. You know? I ain't never killed nobody. I'm not that bad. But we was all in the same boat. Amen? This is what's going to cause us to be able to love someone that's not like you. All right? Because what happens with Christ, what Christ has done, he's torn down this wall of separation between mankind. It was a great wall between Jews and Gentiles. 
Gentiles are non-Jews. He tore down that great wall. And I think, I think sometimes when we don't realize the position that we was in before Christ, this wall kind of still be up in our hearts with certain individuals. They might not look like us. They might not talk like us. And sometimes I believe we, as believers, I have a wall up that causes us not to engage in conversation and, get it, and actually want to know another individual and say the wall has to come down. It has to come down. Jesus brought, already brought the wall down, but I believe we erected it back up. And we're going to read here and see how did God, how did Jesus bring that wall of separation down between the Jew and Gentile? Because if God can do it, if God can bring the Jew and Gentile together, certainly he can bring any relationship together now. I don't care what race, I don't care what creed, God can bring it together if we see him from the right perspective. Amen? Romans chapter 2, verse 14 through 15. Actually, Romans chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off has been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. Jesus just don't give you peace. He is our peace. Amen? So, praise God. If you're stressed, if your mind is boggled, anxiety and worry has gripped your heart. Our objective is not to go get peace. Our objective is to go to go fellowship the one who is peace. He don't have to try to give you peace. He don't have to try to be peace. He is peace. See, and Jesus taught me one thing. If you if we're gonna fellowship with him, don't go to him trying to get what he can give you. All right. So many times we, we try to go to Jesus and get healed. All we need to do is worship him as your healer. Who God, what God do to you or the benefits of being around God has to be realized when we see him as our healer, our provider, our way maker, and not trying to get him to do it. He is our peace. Amen? So I go in fellowship with the one who is peace and not just give us peace. Because now we want to know him, not just receive from him, right? So how do you know him? You go fellowship with him as your peace. He is your peace. Amen? He said, who has made both one has broken down in its flesh the dividing wall of hostility. How did God bring this wall of hostility down? That, that, that's cr- incredible. One that can kill hostility, hostility. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. Amen? 
He calls us to be peacemakers. He calls, and that's what we learn it from. But listen to this. He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man. Now, let's, let's further look at this. How did God kill the hostility? Because a lot of times, if you are hostile to someone or if you have a disagreement or argument, it starts with something wrong, right? Yeah. It starts with what you think is wrong. It starts with that judgment in mankind. This is what gets us in a lot of trouble, I believe, as believers and causes us to separate from individuals. Is the judgment that we all can see what's wrong, right? We all know that that ain't right. We all can see that that ain't right. And this is what brought the separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. They had the law. They had a knowledge of sin. The Bible says that the law brings a knowledge of sin. And when you have a knowledge of sin with no love, you will be critical, you will be judgmental, and you will have no mercy for another. No mercy for another. Because just having the law, and this is what happened to the Jews. They had don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. And the Gentiles didn't have no laws. They was doing all that. Right? And, they was, and this is what causes separation between us and others. We know what's right and what's wrong. And sometimes in our heart, it causes us to not engage in another. Because you can see, you, you can judge. That ain't right. This ain't right. That ain't right. And I believe if we're going to grow in the, in the knowledge of what Jesus wants us to grow in, uh, Romans chapter 4, 14, verse 1 says, As for the man who is weak, who is a weaker believer, this is the Amplified Bible, and this might not be up here. I sprained this on Antonio. I mean, uh, Maurice. Sorry about that, Maurice. As for the man who is weak or a weak believer, welcome him into your fellowship. Do not criticize his opinions or pass judgment on his scruples or perplex him with discussion. Another virgin says, do not get in arguments of what you believe is right and what's wrong. Especially when we're talking about reconciling, coming together. When we're dealing with a whole other um, group of people that you're not used to. There's no point in getting in discussions with what's right and what's wrong. Our whole point is to love. Our whole point is to want to know them, who they are. What they say and listen. Amen? As believers... Jesus will attract all different types of people to you if you're open to it. And I believe sometimes when we have our judgments up, we hold back individuals from engaging into our coming, into our fellowship. Or we don't engage them because they are a little different. They say this, they do something a little different. And Jesus wants that wall of separation to come down. Amen. How do we get it down? We got to tear down our laws and our rules and our judgments. Amen. Just because you know something is right or something is wrong, you don't have to voice it. You can really love people. Amen. Amen. It's not our job to correct everybody all the time, right? 
we need to tear those walls down. Get rid of that judgment. Get rid of those rules and regulations that we have in our mind towards people. So Christ has abolished the law and his commandments. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think I have come to do away with and undo the law or the prophets. I have not come to do away or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. Jesus satisfied the laws and the requirements of the law. All right? And so... In verse 16, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who are near. If God can bring peace between Jews and Gentiles, he can kill any hostile situation. And as believers... We need to become one. How can we become one? We have to think as one. Operate as one. All right? So how can we operate as one when we have different motives and different drives and things that drive us? Well, we have to all come to the conclusion about one thing. That God is right. That Jesus is right. If we can, we agree that Jesus is right. We can at least agree with Jesus. And let's not focus on the differences. Let's focus on what we do agree with. If I can, I can fellowship with anybody that I don't care. I really don't care if they're Muslim. If they agree with Jesus. Yes. Amen. amen. Can we get an amen with that? Amen. I don't care if he a KKK member. <laughs> if he believe in the blood of Jesus. Yes. I can fellowship with him. Right? Now, I know some of the, sometimes when they be explaining Jesus, it don't sound like the same Jesus that I know. Amen? And we all understand that, right? Because they, sometimes they go to explain Jesus. i like, oh, no, that's not the Jesus I worship. Yeah. Amen? But it's okay. Jesus still wants you to love. Yes. How will you win them? Is it your job to win them? Think about it. You don't have to win everybody. But people still should see Jesus in you. They still should see a compassion in you. When they get sick, when they get sick, do compassion come up in your heart for them? Amen? Because we have to see the heart of Jesus. We have to have the heart of God that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if God can bring two totally different types of people together, he can bring anyone together. And what has to be the common thread? He loves us all. We was all in the same boat. God so loved me. Amen. God so loved them also. So the individuals at, at work that you have a hard time with, God so loved them also. I know sometimes it's hard to realize that. But God so loved them also. Amen. 
And just by saying that statement, you will begin to change your perspective on how you view and analyze people. Amen. Just agreeing with Jesus will cause you to start seeing from his viewpoint. Amen. Amen. Because a lot of times we add Jesus to our belief and we just don't fall over into his belief. Amen. And that's what being converted is all about. It's not just fitting Jesus into your frame of thinking. It's actually falling over into his frame of thinking. Yielding to yourself to his frame of thinking. Amen. So as we close, John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. All right, we're almost done, so y'all can get some of them inflatables going. John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. Listen to this desire of Jesus' heart here. They is expressing to you. This is the prayer for you. And I want you to pay attention to it. We're going to slowly go through it. This is a prayer that Jesus is praying for us. All right? John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. I pray that they will all be one by saying they. He's talking about the disciples. And then he says, and I, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me. And that you love them as much as you love me. That's powerful. Now listen to that. First, in order, in order for us to understand how can we be one, we have to understand how did Jesus become one with the Father. Jesus said, if you see me, you see God. Now how did this happen? He said, when you hear me, you hear God. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine. But the Father told me, to, told me how to say them and when to say them, all right? The reality is, this is when Jesus started teaching me this process. The reality is we never saw Jesus come out and live. He said, when you see me, you see God. Jesus chose to say everything the Father wanted him to say. He chose to yield his body, his mind, his heart to everything God wanted to express in this world. So Jesus never came out and said what he wanted. Everything was yielded to the Father for the Father to express. He said, when you see me, you see God. How can you say that if you not yielded yourself to every motive of God. Yielded your mind to every action of God. So Jesus never came out and just did anything he wanted. Everything we did, we see the Father. So the woman caught in the act of adultery. And they brought the woman to Jesus. She was caught in the act. They said the law of Moses says such to be stoned. But what do you have to say, Jesus? 
So the outcome of that situation, we all know, Jesus said, you without sin cast the first stone. He said, then he told the woman, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. From that concept that I just gave you, who actually said, go and sin no more? It was the Father. It was the Father. It wasn't Jesus that said that. It was the Father. So let's think about it for a second. How can we become one as he is one with the Father? We need to yield ourselves. We need to submit in our minds to the motives of God, to the motives of Jesus. This is why Jesus was exalted and give it a name that's above every name. All right. He chose to put his divine privileges, leave his divine privileges in heaven and yielded himself as a man here on earth. So how can we become one with God and one with Jesus and one with each other? Well, we have to have the same motive. We have to have the same why we do things. So what's my why? I remember. I remember I wasn't right with God. At one point in time, I was lost and without hope, man. I was floating off into space with no, no hope of being rescued. And Jesus rescued me. He saved me. This changed my perspective. Why would he save me, man? I'm a rich. I don't deserve to be saved. I totally ignored his commands for years. Why would he save me? It's because God loves me. And if God loves me, I know he got love for you. And I think as we start grabbing this concept of God's love for you, you will have to know that God loved your fellow man. God loved this person. Why? Because you know you ain't done everything right. You know you ain't done it right. And God rescued you. So how can we become more one? Love is, is what has to hold us together. And learning how to live this love towards one another has to be the key. The Bible says esteem, another, esteem your brother better than yourself. The Bible says keep your mind on good reports, not negative reports about your brother. I believe focusing on the good about your brother and not the negative is one thing that we as Christians are going to have to learn. Because the enemy wants us to fight each other. He wants us to be at odds at one another. He wants us to be fighting and always grappling and arguing. And God wants us to love. And the only way to do that is to start focusing on the good. Keep your mind on good reports. And on good things. Amen? Amen? Not being so critical of one another. But focusing on the good. You can come up, Pastor Andrew. Verse 23 says, I am in them and you are in me. 
may they experience such perfect unity that the world know that you sent me. That you love them as much as you love me. Listen to that last statement. Jesus prayed this prayer to the Father. That you love them as much. That is profound. He said, Jesus said that Father God loves us just as much as he loved Jesus. Just as much. together would be a challenge for many. But as you realize God's love for you, you will realize that God loves your neighbor. He loves the person just as much as he loves you. together not each other together if I see my brother fall or getting beat up by somebody we coming ain't no way I'm gonna watch my brother get beat up by, by somebody I'm coming we are one let it be said here at this campus that we are one with each other and it starts with you know who it starts with start with me will you decide 